Incoming transmission. The Klingon word of the day is Suv. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. Scotty, beam me up. Resistance is futile. They're long and prosperous. show covering the entire Star Trek franchise in chronological order for fans new and old. I'm your host, writer-comedian Mr. Todd A. Davis. For the first time in season four, she is your executive producer and the love of my life. It's Cat Davis! Yay! Cat Davis! Woo! Woo! Hi! Hey! <laughs> well, uh, welcome back I'm to the show. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. How have you been? Good. <laughs> what have you been up like to? Like you don't si- know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's for the listeners. Oh, oh, sorry. They I have been fantastic listeners. Thank you for asking. They uh, they don't live with us. Right. <laughs> it might feel like they do sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. So. <laughs> but it's been uh, April 11th since that, your last appearance. That was our the anniversary. No, 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 this was the anniversary is, uh, February, February. this, uh, your April 11th was the similitude episode directed by LeVar Burton. Love that episode. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, so as executive producer, respect, (laughs) yes, (laughs) lots of respect for you. Uh, I have respect for you before you were executive producer. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, maybe. A <laughs> little bit. But um, how do you, what are your general thoughts on the state of the show and how things are going, how things are running, the quality of the show, you know, uh, you know, what's your, what's your, what's your takeaway? What's your. I think it's been great. Um, yeah. I think it just keeps getting better. Um, I'm excited to see the future and what other guest stars we can get um, as as guest appearances. But um, I think you have such a great way of organizing the episodes, organizing the show. And um, I think a lot of people are having a lot of fun being your guests. And I think that tells a you know a big part of it is like is like if you guys are having fun everybody else listening is having fun too so yeah i do try to i try to keep it fun for oh people. it's so much fun because i've been on a bunch of shows you've been on a bunch of other podcasts a handful, i wouldn't say a bunch a handful <laughs> but it's it's very obvious when you go on a show and it's either one person steering the ship and it's just and it's and it's not really a collaborative right. thing right or it's um you know there there isn't any organization right. and people just kind of flail around hey we're going to talk about this movie okay like what <laughs> what, what do you want to talk did, about did you like it uh-huh well that's all the time we have like <laughs> i liked it a lot <laughs> i love it it's, it's great, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But yeah, you know, I, I feel like... That's how I feel when I go on podcasts, by the way. It's like, <laughs> I don't know what to say. So I love that you prompt because I'm like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice. Yeah, it's nice. I Thank like it. you. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I'll see myself out I'll now. go away now. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I have to say, everybody. Goodbye. And I run away. But uh, you know, I've actually gotten a lot of comments on you... Uh, when you do appear on the show, which is every now and then. Thank you, everybody, for your nice comments. I yes. appreciate that. Everybody loves your voice. They love your giggle. <laughs> See? Stop it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, a lot of p- positive feedback. I feel like if you're going to make something, make the thing that you love. Make make Absolutely. make a Make a thing that you would really be into because odds are you're not the only one. Absolutely. Um, so again, and, if you're you're hosting it, if you're not having fun, right. then nobody probably else is either. But yeah, sure. you're having a blast with this. Yeah. So I'm usually in the back bedroom uh, while you're recording, mm-hmm. and that's mainly to keep our dog, you know, quiet and in check, so he's not interrupting you while you're talking to uh, right. folks about Star Trek. Right. Right. Um, but I can hear you, your big old laugh. <laughs> From all the way in the back room, and it's amazing. So Cack- I love cackling that you're... like an absolute goon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love that. It makes me smile every time I hear it, and I can't wait to listen to that episode because I know it's going to be a fun one. Yeah, it has been noted as as many people that enjoy when my wife comes on the show and her little giggle and that sort of thing. It has also been commented that I laugh like an absolute. Hyena. It's yeah. it's somewhere between a hyena, a witch, and just sort of a <laughs> cackling goon of some sort. It's just such a. It's loud and it's yeah. it's from the from your soul. I mean, <laughs> that's the biggest thing is is like you feel when you laugh, you feel it, and it's, <laughs> it's amazing. True. So and everyone else feels it. So that's true. Yeah, like we're all laughing at your laugh. <laughs> So whether well, the, whether the actual thing was funny or not doesn't matter. It's like when you start laughing, we're all there with you. <laughs> well, I always love I, I always love the notion of in of an infectious laugh. Yes. Of a laugh that whether the joke was funny or not. Right. You know, the laugh that gets everybody else going. Yeah. Uh, I think of when uh, I was doing stand up more regularly. Um, there was a time where I went on stage. I was I was hosting. And there was a comedian here locally. Uh, he's still alive. I'm p- talking about him in past tense like he's dead. He's not. Uh, <laughs> uh, his name is Justin Hartman. If he Rest in peace. They, yeah. <laughs> rest, <laughs> rest in peace, Justin Hartman. Uh, no, but he, um, he wa- he's very tall, very uh, striking features. He's a very good looking dude. And I was hosting. And, you know, as the host, you try to engage the crowd a little bit you try to you know poke fun at some of the comedians sometimes and uh justin was about to go on and i said hey i'm gonna introduce you <laughs> as the disney prince of comedy <laughs> and he kind of gave me a slight sideways look but he was but he was game for it he's like yeah okay yeah that's fine <laughs> so i get up there i said ladies and gentlemen uh this next performer you're gonna feel uh comforted in his arms he is <laughs> He is the Disney Prince of Comedy. Please welcome to the stage, Mr. Justin Hartman. Applause, applause, applause. He gets up there and the first half dozen things out of his mouth is him roasting me about how I look. (laughs) 
And we actually had a pretty good little crowd that night for an open mic. But all you could hear was your laugh in the back. Yeah, and everybody was laughing, but the (laughs) loudest one was me in the back. And he got to one that was so specific, but so dead on (laughs) that I couldn't... I think it was... um, Todd looks like every youth pastor in Simpsonville, which is (laughs) so great. That's such a specific reference and it just slayed me. And so I'm again, cackling in the back of the room. And as soon as I'm able to gather, gather enough breath, he hasn't said anything yet. And the crowd has died down. But as soon as I catch my breath, I turn to a comedian next to me and too loud go, I do look like that. I do do look like that. Yeah. And of course that got a second wave of laughter out of everybody. And it's uh, (laughs) roasting is so, is such a tricky form of comedy, but when it's done and done well, oh, it's, it's so great. Especially when everybody's on board and it's like, it's not mean or anything like that. It's, you know, we're, we're just having fun. We're just teasing each other. It's so wonderful. But yeah, if you want to hear Todd cackle, really really loud um in <laughs> roast him yeah <laughs> that's yeah. kindly and gently roast him <laughs> and uh yeah i will absolutely uh go to pieces so um we are sort of between seasons of new stuff of okay. star trek coming out um you know i think uh strange new worlds is uh strange new worlds season one is done uh, you seem to really enjoy that. I thought I have really, yeah, liked yeah. Strange New Worlds. I think it's the fact that it's episodic and we don't have to necessarily, you know, build on each other. But it's really done a great job with character development. Yeah. We're also uh, just sh- uh, like a couple weeks shy of a new season of Lower Decks. We, we both <laughs> really enjoy Lower Decks. It's so much fun. Yeah, I, uh, we're recording this on Saturday, and we actually started our Saturday morning with a couple of episodes of Lower Decks. If you don't start your Saturday morning with cereal and cartoons, then well, I don't... Yeah, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can't be friends. Sorry. Uh, but, you know, we're still, we're still a good ways out from another season of Picard and another mm-hmm. season of Lower Decks. And I think we're also a good ways out from another, there another one. Discovery, Prodigy, Prodigy, Prodigy. Which you, you, you're is not. Is Discovery gone? Done? Uh, Discovery season five is coming soon. Okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know the exact date off the top of my head, which means I'm a terrible uh, trekker. But oh my gosh, they're gonna take my card. I know. Um, they're gonna take my com badge, and <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna take one of my pips. You're not supposed to, you know, admit to this stuff on your podcast. <laughs> You're supposed to be the guy who knows it all. Oh boy, right? That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I know. I know. Fifteen years. I know. I started this show. I've got fifteen years to go, man. At least. At least. Uh, but yeah, we, uh, you know, we're kind of in a holding pattern on a lot of stuff. Um, what do you think, how do you feel about the state of new Trek? Because there's a lot of people out there that aren't happy with new Trek and they're clamoring for things like a change of leadership. Specifically, I think there was a petition going around to have Seth MacFarlane take over as showrunner and lead person. Uh, for new Trek, how, how do you feel about the direction Trek is going with like some of the story beats and some of the things that they're including, including like diversity and stuff like that? How do you feel about all of that? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like if you're against new Trek, 
then you must just be so you have so much in your heart for what you grew up with right Mm, okay and you don't really want you know it it holds such a place there that anything new isn't it's just not gonna you know be up to par um but i think that any what there's what they're coming out with is really very much in line with you know the typical themes of trek yeah you know um you mentioned diversity just hearing from different perspectives different you know cultures all you know we're we're exploring the universe so yeah you have to be open to that kind of stuff and that goes with your own ship as well Mm -hmm. you know i love i you know for me it's character development more than anything so you know strange new worlds discovery both of those are just amazing with that in learning these different characters that they put on this ship and Mm. what's making them tick and and why are they there and what makes them unique um, and, you know, a good crewman to have with you. Right, right. I think Strange New Worlds has done a better job of that than Discovery has. Probably because, again, it's because of the formatting, because of the fact that it's it's episodic and that, you know, you just can focus a little bit more on it. Yeah, I think so. I think Discovery is more focused on plot right and you've got to get to that next step and yeah you, you know you've got to leave that cliffhanger and you got to you know right because i mean discovery has a very deep roster of of oh, actors amazing actors yeah too. yeah and yeah exactly all of them amazing mm-hmm. but i'm not sure that i could tell you character names of half of them i can mm-hmm. I, can, I can name i can name a good few okay but uh there's half of that bridge where's cr- your com badge i need to take it i know <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and take it from every, for everybody else listening in. This is not good. You should not be admitting this. I know, I know. I, I'm being honest. I'm being honest. That's true. You're being vulnerable and honest, and that's what we want from our hosts. Right. And, uh, and don't get me wrong. I, I really enjoy Discovery. Uh, but, you know, I think. So with... we need quizzes now. I know. Okay, so I've got to start. Yeah, I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you to I'm going to have to start quizzing you. Yeah. I'm going to make flashcards. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Yeah. All right. We need, we need a, um, you remember that, um, <laughs> guess who? That guess who yes, game. Yes, that would be so much fun. If they had a Star Trek guess who. I love it. Oh, I'm I'm all about this. I love it. Uh, was it Milton Bradley? Probably. Okay. Milton Bradley did everything. Milton Bradley, <laughs> please uh, partner with uh, CBS Paramount and make Star Trek guess who. And, and it has to be from Computer Resume Podcast. Yes, so. and and yeah, we will in partnership uh, with Computer Resume. Exactly, Podcast. In partners- and, we will, and we will we will advertise and help promote and get it in stores. We will do our part. Yes, absolutely for, I, for a fee. I, yeah, yeah, for for a very <laughs> for small a very fee. small fee. Yeah, <laughs> small fee relative to what you guys have going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but probably yeah. relative to what you're going to make. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, for I feel- us maybe probably big. Right, right. So I feel that, uh, you know, Discovery is more focused on plot, but I think they realized that what fans truly latch onto are the characters. Yeah. You know, everybody identifies with Kirk, Spock, McCoy, and Geordi yeah, and Data, and Picard, find, and Riker, and You Troy. find the character that you see yourself in, and yeah. you can actually, like, I mean, you know, I do that. Uh, I'm such an empath when I watch you know, movies and, and Very TV yeah. and I get in, I get in it. Like I'm there and, and yeah, yeah I, I identify with a character and I'm, I'm that character now. Of course. And <laughs> running around the house, you know, with my 
whatever lightsaber. <laughs> you know, I know I'm that's Star Wars. But All right, I'm gonna need your combat. Ah, damn it. <laughs> I was in general. Yeah, of course. In general, course. watching TV. This is to- why I don't like watching horror movies with you anymore because I'm too too much. And, it's too much. And also, why it's really difficult for you to watch professional wrestling. Because you, yes. you feel every hit. It hurts so bad. <laughs> it hurts so bad. And I can't watch the documentaries because it takes me out of it. Right. So, but, you know, I definitely, I love the characters because I can identify with some someone I'll find to identify with. Yeah. And I think where as Strange New Worlds, it was really smart of them to say, hey, look, you know what? We're going to go back to the episodic structure. Right. But we're going to keep the consistency of serialized character development. I've Mm -hmm. talked about this on the show before where, you know, characters will say one thing in one episode and then the very next episode they have a complete switch of the core of their personality. I think Worf was, you know, a really good example (laughs) of that where, you know, one episode he's touting, you know, peace and diplomacy and the next one it's like, so I can kill them, right? Uh, And that was always very weird. But... (laughs) Here we are now with Enterprise, okay. where we're hip deep. We're about halfway through you're, season yeah, four. Yeah, you're way more than hip deep. You're, yeah. you're mostly done. Yeah, we're we're getting there. We're we're about uh, we're about ready to wrap up Enterprise. But uh, can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. <laughs> but you know, season one and two very episodic. Mm-hmm. Uh, season three almost completely serialized mm-hmm. with the Zindi War. Right. Now in season four, we've changed showrunners. Okay. So it's not Brand- it's not um, Berman and Braga anymore. Okay. It's Manny Cotto, okay. who is more focused on story and connecting Enterprise to the larger franchise as a whole. But one of the things that we are still getting are some really great arcs uh, with the narrative, but we're also getting some interesting character nuggets sort of filling in the cracks of who these people are what's their backstory along with the backstory of the federation and starfleet itself uh like this episode that we're going to watch today or that we watched and we're going to talk about today uh daedalus yeah so before we get into it uh what were your initial thoughts on daedalus after watching it a few days ago I think the main theme that I felt was never meet your idols. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, Trip really idolized Emery, mm-hmm. uh, Emery Erickson. Yeah. And um, he was really excited to have him on on the ship and get to learn from him and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you know we come to find out why Emery's really on the ship, and you know he's kind of messing with Trip's stuff and yeah. you know it's not a super cool situation so yeah. you know Trip you know Trip kind of lost a lot of probably respect for the guy oh sure um cuz i mean even even when even when even before the r- reality of why he's there is revealed yeah. Erickson is kind of keeping Trip at arm's length right and Trip's really bummed out about this because, like you said, it's one of his heroes, one of his idols. Yeah, he wants to be involved and learn. And of course, once the uh, the motiv- the real motivations of Erickson and his daughter are revealed, uh, Trip is burned, and he's you know certainly not happy about it. Uh, but even in the end, with the mission being quote unquote successful, we see him 
you know, Erickson, the creator of the transporter, gives him like personal upgrade notes of like, hey, here you go. I've, you know, I've done the legwork, you know, to upgrade your ship. And Trip is still not feeling it. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Yeah. I, w- I really wouldn't. I'd be like, okay, thanks. Yeah. And I might look through them and see if I want to put anything in place, but I don't even know that I would. Right, right. You know, you'd have to really think about it because then you're, you've got this, you know, you've got this bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. No, that's a great way to put it. Um, but before we get too much further into this episode, let's get to this week's recap. Brought to you in part by our Patreon supporters, Rev J, Jerry Antimano, Cosmic Crit, and Fred and Ren Sims. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. UPN Friday, the inventor of the transporter, beams aboard Enterprise. I hope you don't mind that I'm borrowing your ship, Captain. His experiment could enhance the technology. 40,000 kilometers. Nothing's ever gone that far. But at what cost? We're lying to them. We can't trust anyone. Well, tell your disappointment to suck it. I'm doing a bottle episode. Old family friends of Archer, Dr. Emery Erickson and his daughter Danica, Beam aboard Enterprise to test new subquantum transporter technology Erickson has developed. Catching up, Danica confides in Archer that her father hasn't been himself since the loss of her brother some 15 years ago in an early transporter experiment. After they arrive in the Barrens, a subspace node void of starlight for a hundred light years, in order to test Erickson's new work, a strange anomaly is detected on the ship. That's interesting. Crewman Burroughs is sent to investigate, but is found dead, having been exposed to high levels of delta radiation. Meanwhile, T'Pol takes time to rediscover herself in the light of recent events. The teachings of Sirach, held in the Kirshara, the death of her mother, the annulment of her marriage, her cure from Panar syndrome, and her relationship with Trip. Because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it. People like me. Trip assists Erickson with the test, but is brushed aside when he seeks to learn more about the technology. Following a successful trial run, which sets a new record for the longest transport ever conducted, well, Trip confides in Archer that many of the upgrades and modifications to the ship's power systems were not necessary for the test. The photonic ghost reappears, and T'Pol manages to visually scan it, revealing that it is Erickson's long-lost son. Archer now realizes that his old family friends have misled him and are simply using the ship to somehow rescue Quinn from the node. Before I respond to that, I'll have to take an extra-strength vitamin, duh. Duh. Erickson freely admits the deception and asks Archer to trust and help him. Despite the deception, he agrees, aggressively ordering a reluctant T'Pol and a dissenting Trip to comply. Finally, Trip and Erickson manage to recover Quinn, but he suffers severe cellular degeneration in the process and dies soon after. <laughs> Erickson, aware of the consequences he may now face, is happy to finally bring him home and put him to rest. I don't care! Bum, bum, 
Oh, that's sad. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That's almost always what I put when somebody dies. Is it really? Yeah. talked about you know the overarching theme of this being never meet your heroes have you had any experiences meeting someone you admired and being disappointed that you'd be willing to say (laughs) yeah 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 i don't know that i'm gonna call anybody out with that um probably not uh if if you're talking kind of celebrities Mm. um for the most part, I see I see famous people kind of more human than a lot of people do. Okay. So I don't put them on too much of a pedestal. Mm. Um, I think it's cool to meet them because, yeah, you know, I've seen you on TV. Hey, I can actually meet you in real life. But yeah, yeah. Um, I don't I don't know that I put a lot of folks up on a pedestal. Mm. Um, but I think there's definitely been some situations in life where you're like. It's so boring to me to talk about work, but it's like, you know, you think about a, a C-suite type person um, or your boss, you know, someone high, high up, like yeah. boss wise that you're like, oh my gosh, you know, they kind of end up being like, I don't, I don't know how to talk to these people. Right. You know, um, they must be like super smart or super, you know, any whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, you come to get to know them a little bit better somehow and you're like, oh, oh you're not what i thought you were yeah so maybe that um but what was the first famous person you ever met oh that's tough my aunt you know runs the peace center so it was probably like early on in my yeah where i might have i don't i didn't do too many backstage type things but um did you meet robin williams no i did i think i did go to a show but i didn't get to meet him okay I know you high-fived Shaq. I did. I high-fived Shaq. That's the one I remembered. Yeah. Is, is, is that... That's not the first one, though. Well, I didn't actually meet him. I no, just high-fived him. Yeah, you just high-fived him. Because, like, <laughs> it's one of those moments where you're, like, in the stands at the game and, and you know, you put out your hand when they're going back to, right. the, to the thing. And I'm like this... You know, I'm only 5'2". Five, two. Two five, two and a half on a good day. Yeah. And, um... You know, I'm I'm higher, like midway up the stands, mm-hmm. but he like barely had to lift his hand to 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 meet mine. So, which was really funny to me. But he's a big dude. He's huge. Yeah. <laughs> um. So he. <laughs> it's so funny because he like he did lock eyes with me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, and you're and he's just like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he didn't say it, but that's what his eyes were like. Okay. All right, whatever. <laughs> um, I don't know what was happening on the game. I really wasn't paying too much attention to the game. So he oh, yeah. could have been really mad about the game or something. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I know we've met, what's his name, that is in Star Trek, Bones. Carl Urban. So we met Carl Urban yeah. at um, a con once. Uh-huh. That was cool. Super nice guy. We met Captain Jack. John Burrowman. John Berman. Okay. So that's very funny. Probably my most embarrassing story about meeting a celebrity. Yes. I, okay. So I wasn't like putting him on a pedestal or anything, but I was a little giddy for some reason in meeting him. (laughs) Okay. And just, you know how I get when I get really uncomfortable is like, I laugh. I laugh when I'm uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. 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 
So I was really uncomfortable at the moment. I was just like, hi, you know, just like really weird. Oh, this is awkward. This is so bad. Anyway, he's like having this horrible allergy attack. Yeah. Uh, it should be noted this was years ago. And in Florida. Yeah, in Florida. Yeah. 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 So, so long, long before He's COVID. like blowing his nose right. and <laughs> sniffling and all this stuff. I am just cracking up. And he's looking at me like, who is this weirdo? <laughs> like, why is she, is she making fun of me? Like, that's the, that's the, I like, that's the look oh, no. that I feel like I got from him in the end. And I couldn't stop. <laughs> because I'm just really awkward. Wow. And just laughing. So I am way embarrassed by that mm. moment. So mm. that's probably my worst. And that's not like him looking bad. He's, a, he's awesome. Yeah. You know, so I, yeah, I would totally meet him again, but. No, I probably wouldn't because I would not be able to handle it. <laughs> right, right. We, uh, I think of uh, one interaction I had with, well, that we had with uh, some comic book professionals. I, we go to a lot of comic book conventions, or at least Used we, to. at least we did. Yeah. <laughs> I'll spare the specific details, but needless to say, we met the we met the writer who could not have been nicer. Just, just the sweetest person. Uh, you could hope to meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, when we were approaching them, uh, it was at the same time as a cosplayer was approaching them as well. They got to the table a split second before we did. So he addressed them first and they said, excuse me, so-and-so, uh, can I get a picture with you? And they very enthusiastically said, only if I can get a picture with you. Uh, which was just as a fan, it's just kind of like, oh, that's such a great, that's, great. that's such a great interaction. Now, uh, this particular creator is very well known for a particular uh, comic book story out there. Um, and then we knew that the artist for the same project was there at the show as well. And we went to that artist's table and it was the other side of the coin. And it was just such a bad interaction. Uh, I don't know if we caught them on a bad day. It is possible. Or or maybe we just said the wrong thing or whatever it was. But they were, quite frankly, an absolute jerk to both of us. Yeah. And... It happens. It happens. But I remember, because we had the... We had the the trade paperback right. volume of this particular story, and we got the writer's signature yep. on it. And then we went and we got the artist's signature. But in the process of getting the artist's signature, the interaction was so bad. I don't know if I did this subconsciously or whatever, <laughs> but I left the book at the table. Yeah. And I was just like, well, if you're going to be this way about it. Uh, I have no interest in keeping this in my collection. That's too bad. And yeah, it was, it really, really put a damper on my thoughts about that artist and kind of, kind of spoiled the project a little bit for me. And it was just kind of like, it was really disappointing. It was really disappointing. And again, you know, like I said, it could have just been a bad day. People have bad days, or maybe I said the wrong thing. Maybe they got out of the bed, uh, you know, got out on the wrong side of the bed. Who, who yeah. knows? You never know. But yeah, you know, meeting someone you admire and, you know, talking about people you admire. I was actually thinking about this earlier today. I thought about posing this question on the internet, but 
I'm not sure who all will see it and who all may be upset by it. But posing the question of now that we are post-Trump and still mid-COVID, have these particular periods of our recent history revealed things about anybody you held in high regard? Oh, <laughs> and you know, maybe, oh, maybe boy. these people may yeah. not be celebrities, but folks that they can be though. They kind of can be to yeah. some folks. I know I have at, at least one that I can think of mm-hmm. that I held in very, very high regard, and things that they have said, things that have been related to me from reliable sources about things they have said and done, right, is causing me to you know stop and rethink and reassess and it's and it's disappointing it's yeah. heart, it's heartbreaking yeah. you know of like oh i thought you were better than i that. thought you were better than this mm-hmm. i thought oh man it's it's a real bummer it's a real yeah. bummer have you have you experienced that oh yes yeah. um the last few years have been very sad with those kind of realizations yeah. um so yeah and it's hard because you don't want to be the person that like decides to distance yourself from someone just because of maybe, you know, people are allowed to believe what they want to believe. Right. Um, but it's hard. Yeah. It's, it's hard to see that person other ways. Yeah. Um, especially if it's, especially if it's egregious, you know, if it's, yeah, if, if you're not, if they're not hurting anybody, if they're just, for some reason in their head about it and it's their own personal, you know, opinion and what they want to do with their own life. Fine. Yeah. Um, but when it might impact how they treat others or something along that line, um, that becomes a little bit more difficult if if not impossible to be okay with and still Mm -hmm. be their friend, you know, um, or call them a friend. So you have to, that's, I guess, that's growing up in a way, or yeah. maybe it's just like I said, the times. The it's what this what society has forced us to see amongst ourselves. Yeah, um, and it's it's sad. I, I don't think we're done. So I yeah. you know the comment that you made or what the question you want to pose, which I probably would not. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know I, I we're not done with COVID, um, even though everyone wants to be. Oh yeah. Um, you and I just had it round two. Yep. Um, the last in, you know, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So, and apologies for my voice if it still f- sounds froggy. So, <laughs> um, but, and the whole Trump thing that, you know, he's still very much in the news. Yeah. Um, still yeah. very much holding it, holding on to his, to his fame. And there's enough Republicans out there that are very much Trumpers that it, this next election is going to be very interesting to see how things play out. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, you know, we we tend to steer clear of a lot of you know politic heavy yeah. topics here, but you know, you know, relating back to Star Trek, there's even been people, maybe not folks that I admire, but folks that I regularly encounter in my quote unquote in real life, <laughs> and uh, you know, so it it's found out that I have this show focusing on Star Trek, and they turn out to be a a, a fan and. Uh, the comment is made of, oh, I'm a big Star Trek fan, too. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's just like, oh, it's really gone downhill with all the woke stuff or 
such and such show has, uh, you know, finally calmed down with all the woke stuff. And, you know, that that really kind of gets under my skin a little bit just because yeah. it it kind of makes me see, like, have you not been watching Star Trek this whole time? <laughs> like, Star Trek was woke before woke was a thing. Like, <laughs> True. I mean, you had your first... Yeah. What wasn't it the first interracial kiss? Sure. Yeah. That happened on Star Trek. Like and... Star Trek 1966 to 1969 mm-hmm. very regularly had episodes about race relations, religion, classism, yeah. all kinds of yeah. stuff. And I mean, that's what the episode was about. Yeah. You know, with all of New Trek. Oh, and. First and first and foremost, everybody's oh, it's not like it was back in the day with Next Generation. And I was just like, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Let's not forget Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. At one point, were new Trek, right? And people had issues with them because they were doing a bunch of new stuff, like TNG, nineteen eighty-seven. We had a counselor on board. Mental yeah. health was becoming more of an issue, uh, you know, that was regularly discussed. You know, now that we're in quote unquote new Trek and you know there's even more diversity on the bridge and behind the camera things haven't changed like we're still dealing with issues we're still talking about issues through science fiction which science fiction has always done exactly outside of Star Trek so this is nothing new right and it hasn't been I wouldn't say it's been toned down might be more subtle but I'd be curious to ask them, you know, what draws them to, to track. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because even if you don't call it woke, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, the, the kind of mainstream uh, words that people use to mm-hmm. describe, um, you know, the, the focus on different social issues. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. What brings you to track then? You know, is it, yeah. it because how do you you can't necessarily really divorce the two? Yeah. You know, because it's bringing that stuff to light and it's talking about it. it's it's trying to create a utopian society. Mm-hmm. And to do that, you d- diversity is critical. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um diversity is critical in every aspect of that. Yeah. Um understanding different cultures and, you know, learning from different cultures. Yeah. Well, we just we just finished watching a documentary about James Cameron working with oceanographers and NASA folks learning about, um, you know, the different undersea creatures and different undersea uh, life. You know, we're talking bottom of the ocean type stuff. Right. It all, it wasn't a bunch of white dudes. Like there were, there were lots of women. There were lots of uh, folks, uh, different races. Half of the crew was speaking Russian. Like, you know, (laughs) there was a lot of stuff in those documentaries and, uh, you know, you look at stuff nowadays with, uh, especially in the light of the passing of Nichelle Nichols, mm-hmm. who everybody remembers Lieutenant Uhura, but maybe everybody doesn't remember, like, she championed diversity at NASA. Like, she yeah. was heavily, heavily responsible for getting women and uh, minorities in the space program. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, if, if anybody's curious about that seriously take some time and go watch the documentary women in motion uh it's largely about nichelle nichols and her uh push to include uh more diverse uh astronauts in in the space program yeah um but yeah if you think 
if you think the quote-unquote woke stuff is a new thing, you are (laughs) sorely mistaken. Yeah, Yeah. but it'd be good to understand, you know, what brings them to Trek. Yeah, yeah, you know what, you're absolutely right. Because I think Trek, uh, you know, like everything else, like a lot of other things, you know, it should bring people together. Mm. So you, again, I know when I understand people come from different backgrounds and have different belief systems. Right. And um, we can't, what, how can we bring all that together mm. and, and find commonality and find common ground right? Um, to move forward in a society, to not be so divided that we, like we are today. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, yeah. And you know, there's always going to be, there's always going to be naysayers. There's always going to be detractors. There's always going to be the, you know, negative Nancy's and the Debbie Downers. Right. You know, and as with everything, even with this episode of Star Trek, you have to ask, who do we blame? So let's get into. Uh, <laughs> well, I was, was actually. That, was that transition too? Was that was that not a good transition? I don't think it was because I was going to do a different transition. Okay, let's hear your transition. <laughs> go for it. No, let's please take us into the stats well, section. No, no, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I still want to talk about the episode. We haven't really talked much about the episode. Oh, yet. okay. What do you got? Um, what do you got? So, Sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> no, how I was going to transition uh, what we're talking about um, with learning about ourselves was mm-hmm. the B story on this on this episode mm-hmm. with T'Pol. Yeah. Um, first of all, boring B story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because it didn't really let us in. Yeah. Um, she was trying. It, it was all internalized in terms of what she was going through Mm, mm -hmm. and how she was kind of rediscovering herself and figuring out who she was and all that stuff like that. But, um, so I think they could have brought it, brought it in a little bit better, not had it be so like separated out. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I do think at the end of the day, it was, it was an interesting when you finally realize what was happening, Mm -hmm. um, or what, what, that end story was and where she was. I, I, I think about, you know, trying to examine yourself and, and find that commonality with others. She's distancing herself first. You know, she's not, she's, she's, you know, you know, ba- basically breaking up with, you know, trip. Yeah. And, uh, and she's needing to, to spend time with herself and figure out where she's at. And, you know, sometimes maybe that's where we need to go as a society too, is just like, Hey, go inward in order to, you know, really yeah. be able to connect outwardly. Yeah. Um, but well, that's I, kind I of, hope they come back together. Yeah. I mean, that's kind <laughs> of what I've said about Star Wars versus Star Trek. Yeah. I think it's important for folks to, well, first of all, there's nothing wrong with being a fan of both. <laughs> truly, truly. I'm not the only Trekker that well, feels that way. give me my combat. Okay. Here's your combat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you know, I, I've always said that, uh, Star Wars is very coming of age. That's not a secret to anybody, but I look at it as Star Wars kind of helps you figure out who you are and Star Trek kind of helps you figure out what to do and how to go, where where to go. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's a working thesis. Uh, you know, it's not, it's not completely. Can't wait to read that one. Yeah. (laughs) Your manuscript. Yeah, absolutely. But, it, you know, in looking at that sort of thing, you, you kind of have to have a really good sense of who you are mm-hmm. before you can interact with folks, you right. know, uh, tr- you know, truly interact with folks and for them to connect with you or you to connect with them. You kind of have to have a good sense of who you are. Otherwise, if you don't, who is actually making the connection there? 
is it something that, uh, you know, is it this facsimile of who you think you are or who you think you might want to be or who you think you're expected to be or something like that? Right. Uh, And that kind of takes me back to Danica, who basically right now is living her life for her father. uh And that that was the only other theme that I wanted to chat about with this episode was like trauma from our parents. Oh, boy. And (laughs) oh, my gosh. Yeah, you you and I could definitely do a lot from that. Um, But it's, you know, the fact that she's basically living her life for the past 15 years. Yeah. Or at least 10 years. 15. Okay. Yeah. just being kind of there for her father and helping him out with his experiments or just, you know, uh, gosh, seeing his spine. That was pretty wild. Like his, you know, his injuries that he's gotten over the years. So, um, it's really sad when we think about like that kind of situation that you don't really have an identity outside of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, looking at, Folks who are caretakers, you know, especially when that, especially if it's a family member and that kind of becomes your whole world, yeah. uh, you know, that's always hard to, it's always hard to sort of navigate, you know, time for yourself. Exactly. And, you know, uh, you know, popular thing now, uh, is the idea of self care and, you know, taking time for yourself, even if it's just a few minutes or just take a bath, you know, you know, turn the phone off and just Zen out for a few minutes, you know, to really yeah. give yourself, to give your brain, to give your soul a breather yep. uh, is really important. It's very important. <laughs> and I think in the world that we are in now, you know, mid COVID, uh, I think with the great, uh, with the great resignation, you know, people are starting to realize this more and more about how, much, uh, you know, mental health is important and taking time for yourself and, you know, being able to work from home, they've seen, oh, I don't have, this rat race doesn't have to be as so rat racy as, as it has been. How much time did everyone waste, you know, commuting? Sure. Literally just commuting. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, you know, listen to podcasts so it's like that's the only thing that yeah. we're a little worried about <laughs> hey but- take, take a drive sometime <laughs> listen to a podcast maybe the computer resume podcast available now wherever you get your podcasts <laughs> just some shameless plugging of course there. of course uh but yeah i think you know a lot of these things are coming to light and will continue to come to light yes. i believe so yeah. uh so in that vein uh, you know, when things are happening, uh, good or bad, there is always someone to blame. And we ask every <laughs> week, who do we blame? <laughs> Listen, if you want to start writing the or notes. Praise, or praise. <laughs> like, why does it always have to be so negative, Todd? <laughs> it doesn't who do ha- we honor? It doesn't who have do we to, cherish? It doesn't have to be negative. It gets to be negative. Oh. So... <laughs> This episode was written by uh, Alan Brenner, whose last episode writing was season four, episode five, Cold Station 12, and also by Ken Lazebnik, uh, whose last writing was season four, episode four, Borderland. Both of those uh, episodes were part of a discussion we had with comedian and artist Andy Cummins back on episode 72. This episode was directed by David Strayton whose last episode directing was season four, episode two, which was Stormfront Part Two, uh, which we covered with film historian and podcaster Mr. Justin Bishop. 
on uh, from Cinema Shock, uh, the other podcast I'm on. That was episode 70. In terms of the guest stars, this is a bottle episode, but we do have two main guest stars to talk about this week. Uh, first off, we got uh, Miss Leslie Silva, who plays Danica Erickson. Her first credit was New York Undercover, season two, episode 18, Sympathy for the Devil in 1996. And then she was in a little romantic comedy that we both enjoy, Fools Rush In, in 1997. Lucy, you got some explaining, Lucy. Then she was part of Providence. She did 18 episodes as Dr. Helen Reynolds. Uh, she was in all 19 episodes of Odyssey 5 from 2002 to 2003. The reason I mentioned that is because Odyssey 5 was created by Manny Cotto. And then this is her only franchise appearance so far. Would love to see her come back as uh, maybe a descendant of the Ericsons, you know, who's still working on transporter technology or something along those lines. That'd be really cool. Uh, she did uh, some episodes of Numbers and Shades of Blue and In the Dark. Uh, her current uh, gig is on a show called Mike, uh, Season 1, Episode 3, Lover, which will be out September 1st of this year. She'll be playing Ruth Givens, so be sure to check that out. Uh, the other guest star that we have this week is a heavy hitter. We have Mr. Bill Cobbs as Dr. Emery Erickson. Uh, he is a Cleveland, Ohio native, uh, someone from your neck of the woods. Uh, and then, uh, so it should be noted here, Cobbs actually served the United States Air Force as a radar technician for eight years. And then in 1970, at the age of 36, he left for New York to be an actor. Uh, he supported himself by driving a cab, repairing office equipment, selling toys, and performing odd jobs. See, it does not matter what age you are. You can always, always follow your dreams. Always follow your dreams, folks. That's if you take anything away from this episode. <laughs> don't meet your heroes and follow your dreams. <laughs> uh, his first professional acting role was in Ride a Black Horse at the Negro Ensemble Company. And then his first TV credit was something called Vegetable Soup. It was a New York public access TV uh, educational series, but he appeared along with folks like James Earl Jones as Long John Spoilsport and Bette Midler as Woody the Spoon. I cannot wait. Have you found to, this? To someday. Well, I haven't Have found it. Have you tried it. to YouTube or Google it? See I'll, if you can see if it's out there somewhere? Yeah, I'll deep dive and see if I can find this because someday... You, if you I, find the clip, put it in the episode. Oh, absolutely. I want to meet Bette Midler and ask her Woody about her portrayal of Woody the Spoon. <laughs> I don't even remember it. Then uh, in 1974, Mr. Cobbs made his film debut in The Taking of Pelham 123 as Man on Platform. Everybody got to start somewhere. Uh, and after this, he would go into a few very interesting film roles. I think most people remember him from his film appearances. But uh, starting off here in 1977... He was a he was in a hero ain't nothing but a sandwich. Uh, he played the bartender. This was written. <laughs> okay, she's laughing because we had a uh, Laurel and Hardy back and forth about a hero ain't nothing but a sandwich. The term hero, which she posed, it's like like the 
the Greek sandwich, the spelled gyro. I said no, it's hero, H E R O. To which you said that it's that it's euro. It's euro. It's not euro. <laughs> it is hero. Sub sandwiches in the south people call them subs. In the north people call them hoagies or hero sandwiches. Gyros. Not gyros. No. <laughs> Anyways, a hero ain't nothing but a sandwich is from writer Alice Childress, who also wrote the novel that is uh, based on, and is also starring franchise alum Paul Winfield, who actually appeared in TNG and Wrath of Khan. Then in 1983, our birth year, he was in a little movie called Trading Places, once again as a bartender. I wonder if he ever, if he was doing small jobs in New York, I wonder if he ever actually was a bartender. (laughs) I mean... But yeah, most actors are at they, some either, point. Either yeah. Bartenders or waiters. Yeah. Uh, Trading Places, of course, uh, 1983 comedy starring Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, Jamie Lee Curtis and Denholm Elliott. Then in 1984, Brother from Another Planet, <laughs> written and directed by John <laughs> Salis. And then The Color of Money, from 1986, directed by Martin Scorsese, starring Paul Newman, Tom Cruise, your favorite, Tom Cruise, mm. and Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. <laughs> I know you love Do Tom not, Cruise. <laughs> do not let this audience think my favorite actor is Tom Cruise. Not. Moving right along, uh. we've got The People Under the Stairs in 1991, uh, written and directed by Wes Craven. Then in 1992, he was in The Bodyguard, starring Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston. Then uh, the one I always think of him uh, in is 1993, Demolition Man, opposite uh, Sylvester Stallone and uh, and Blade, Wesley Snipes. Uh, then he was in That Thing You Do in Doing 1996. That thing you do. Yeah, yeah. He plays Del Paxton. Uh, the jazz musician that um, one of the guys is just enamored with. Uh, the That Thing You Do, written, directed, and starring Tom Hanks. And then in 1996, he appeared alongside Sinbad in First Kid. One you- of the best movies ever. I was gonna say I know you I know you've got some uh fond memories Love of First, First Kid. Kid. Yeah, yeah. And then in uh 1999, Random Hearts directed by Sidney Pollock starring Harrison Ford and Kristen Scott Thomas. And uh that would take him up to this, his only appearance in the franchise so far. I say so far, the man is 88 years old. <laughs> he looks great, but he's I mean He's an old dude. Like he was in, he was in a wheelchair. You never know. Yeah, you never know. You never know. He could come back as something else. How old is Patrick Stewart? Still, still working on it. Yeah, he's still working. He's still kicking. Uh, Then in 2006, Bill Cobbs would go on uh, in Night of Night at the Museum, starring Dick Van Dyke, Mickey Rooney, Robin Williams, and another one of your favorites, Ben Stiller. (laughs) Not as bad as Tom Cruise. Okay. All right. All right. And then he would appear in uh, The Muppets in 2011. I have Oz- no problem with Ben Stiller as a person. <laughs> I have a lot of problems with Tom Cruise as a person. I have no problem with Ben Stiller as a person. Okay. His movies make me sad because... Ben Stiller's? Yes. Okay. Because they are... It's it's a comedy of errors. You you're not a fan of comedy of errors because it hurts me. Like it's supposed to be funny to everybody else, but he's just constantly constantly failing. 
constantly failing. And I'm like, I feel so bad for the guy. You want them to You're succeed. laughing your ass off. <laughs> and I'm just so upset. I'm so upset. And it's like every movie he does, that's what, everything he's played, that's what that is. And I just feel yeah. bad for him yeah. in that character. In whatever so character I have no it is. problem with him as a dude. <laughs> then uh, he would go on uh, to The Muppets in 2011, Oz the Great and Powerful in 2013, and he would even make an appearance on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That was season seven, episode 12, The End is at Hand. And that was in 2020. Uh, most recently... He was in Block Party. That was in June of this year, uh, playing Uncle Jim. See, he's still working. Yeah, he's still working. Uh, you know, he's here... eighty-eight years young. Don't, I, don't, I know, don't, I know. <laughs> don't make it a thing. Now, uh, for the <laughs> aged post-apocalyptic look of Steel, <laughs> Cobb's likeness was used in the four-part crossover event Superman versus the Terminator: Death to the Future. That was in two thousand, written by Alan Grant. With pencils by Steve Pugh and inks by Mike Perkins. Uh, yeah, we've talked about how uh, he's he's steadily working. In fact, as of this recording, if you if you pull up his IMDb page, he's got six other projects in some phase of development. Get it? Like he is he is it. cranking it out. He is working. He is absolutely working. So. This brings us to a very important question that we ask every episode. Is this essential viewing? If somebody is sitting and watching Star Trek for the first time, is this one that they can't miss in some aspect or another? So my first thought was no. Right. It's a bottle episode. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I don't, I'm not someone who who has the entire thing memorized, of Mm -hmm. course. So. Mm But does it need to be in there with the significance of the transporter? I think if you are compiling a list of transporter malfunction episodes, I think this absolutely. But is has this to be the very? It. So we're not. I guess, but we're like seeing who invented. It's, yeah. it's more of a historical thing. It, who invented the the t- transporter? I think it would be uh, transporter malfunctions. Who do we blame? <laughs> like that. That would be the name of the list. Transporter malfunctions. Who do we blame? Everybody. <laughs> There's always somebody Why to blame. Are you always pointing fingers. Listen, Look, blame doesn't. I need doesn't... you to take responsibility for your own. <laughs> <laughs> blame doesn't always have to be negative. It very much has a connotation of negativity. It, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> so, uh, so is this? Do you I don't know. What do you? What do you think? I I don't know that I would necessarily say yes, but maybe in the like I said in the context of history of the science behind it, mm-hmm. maybe is there another episode that you can think of with the history of the transporter that would be better than this one? I don't think so. I don't think the history of it has been explored as much as this episode explores it. So I think. In terms of the overall narrative, probably not. But if you are putting together, because transporter accidents are a common, sure, are a common thread, sure, or a common story trope, I should say, in the franchise. I think if you are putting together a list like that, then this definitely has to be on it. Yeah. So, uh, any final thoughts about this episode? 
uh, the show, uh, this podcast, uh, your experience this time around. <laughs> I always have a good time, so I and love we, talking to you. And we love having you on. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. So, um, you know, I have I think it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, next week we will be joined by stand-up comedian and military veteran Mr. Patrick Cunningham for Enterprise Season 4, Episode 11 observer effect which of course is available exclusively on paramount plus cat todd where can people find you on the internet and find some of your gorgeous artwork and (laughs) and support and support things that you care about well i want you to support at computer resume podcast (laughs) Um, on all the socials and patreon yes especially patreon and especially patreon thank you please (laughs) appreciate your support if you have any suggestions for us please write them in yes please we are always open um i did start a new instagram well i it might have been up the last time we talked um at a worthy seed yes um on instagram just on instagram not the others um so i've got some some of my artwork up there Um, talk about the types of artwork that you're doing and why you're doing why you're doing it that way so i do the fluid art work um or the fluid acrylics um, where I take acrylic paint, kind of water it down a little bit and, and play with the colors and um, kind of move it around the canvas uh, as it kind of sees that it wants to go. I, I actually have an interesting philosophy with it is I'm almost just a, um, a little bit of a helper with the paint and the paint kind of moves where it wants to go. And I don't really guide it too much um, to try to just see. It's almost like a um, Rorschach. Rorschach? Yeah, Rorschach. Rorschach. Um, Ink blot test. test. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. Uh, to kind of see what you what you see out of it in the end of the day. So I've got a couple that I I, I think I called one spirits because I think it looks like a couple of ghosts that come out. There's several yeah. that I've got that, you know, seem to look like bodies or heads, um, you know, different things. So it's just fun um, and really art therapy for me. Um, and I have had a couple commissions, which was fun. Um, and appreciate the support. So if anyone else sees anything and you have a color scheme or you want me to play around with something and have you in mind, I'm happy to happy to do that. And I am at Mr. Todd A. Davis on all of the socials from all of us at the Computer Resume Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in 10 forward. on Patreon and like, rate, review, and share on all your favorite platforms. Feel free to send us your subspace transmissions to computerresumepodcasts at gmail.com or at Computer Resume on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The Computer Resume Podcast was created and produced by Mr. Todd A. Davis. 
Our logo was designed by Will Martin and Justin Bishop. The opening theme was produced by Justin Bishop, and our outro music was provided with permission by Dronode. Additional music was provided by Mr. Todd A. Davis and Gary Horn, and the voice of Computer Resume podcast and executive producer, me, Kat Davis. Hashtag LLAP. We'll see you next time. Going through a Star Trek. We're doing Star Trek stuff in space. We probably got some phasers and shuttle pods, and we're going to find a brand new race. How's that for a slice of fried gold?